0: Welcome to Kashrus On The Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer, and I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight, of course, we're going to be talking about Purim, because that's the only few days away. And there's a few things we like to share with you every year at Purim, some of them are the halachos, and then we have a few other issues we'd like to discuss, so I'm going to uh Discuss by basically three th- three things tonight. One of the basic halachas, and then we're going to go into the the two inyanim of, uh, of shalach shalach manas and the, the the inyan of uh, drinking on purim. So to discuss the halachas of purim, it's really very important. If you've never heard this before, uh, that you listen carefully, and and if you don't believe what I'm saying, check it out. Many of the people. Are busy all day Purim, and of course, before too, especially for the women. And they're involved in Shalachmanis, and they're involved in Saddukas, in, in and they're involved in getting the Suda ready and having everybody come and, and enjoy the Suda. And still, there are four mitzvahs on Purim, and not all of them are properly performed. In other words, people have good intentions and they're trying and they're busy. And so some of the actual halachas get forgotten or pushed aside, or maybe they never learned them. And that's, that's sort of what, uh, it's an unfortunate thing. And it, it, it has to do with, um, it has to do with the lack of, uh, of them teaching it in yeshivas, I suppose. You uh, know, uh, the first, there are four halachas of, of, of Purim. One is to hear the Megillah night and day. And then there's the Matanas uh, levyonim and the Shalach and the Su'uda Apurim. So it's very simple, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody understands what we have to do. Everybody knows what those those mitzvahs entail. But here are the few little points that I like to bring out whenever I discuss this topic. Let's go to the, the, the Kriyas hamagila Kriyas Samagilla is, I consider, to be the hardest mitzvah that a person performs during the course of a year. And there's a lot of reasons for it. One reason is, and if, let's say, for example, at the night of Purim, it, people are fasting, and they, and they didn't break their fast yet, and it's getting late, and people are making all kinds of the noises would hum. And, but, but even just plain, it's a long creus hamagilla, and the people are tired, and people are packed into the shoals. And then, of course, there's the people making the noise. So with all that, it's very possible that, n- that a number of the people who come to shul did not hear the whole Megillah. So if you have your own Megillah with you and you want to read from there a little bit to, to fill in if you missed something, you've got to still be an expert Because you can't lose him. If you, you know, if you, if you, if he goes fast already, uh, you're gonna lose the Balkari, and somewhere along the line, you're not gonna be able to keep going on through the whole Megillah like that. And so, uh, and that's if you have a Megillah. And if you're not a Megillah, okay, you can say a few words from the Chumash, if if you have to, but, uh, basically, uh, you, you, you're not gonna be able to kind of nine the mitzvah. It's going it's gonna get mixed up. You're not gonna be able to keep up with it. It just doesn't work. If you can't get, you have to, the first thing I always say all the time, all the time, get close to the Baal Kairi. Now there's an interesting question that comes up. They have a very interesting discussions. I saw, I saw people, you know, talking about this at length, about the question about the women. Should women go to shul or should women hear it in the house? So they basically they want to come out. It's best to go to shul because there's a brovah Madras melech as part of the mitzvah. That means with a lot of people together, you get a bigger mitzvah. People even had small shuls. used to go to the big shul and close, not laying it and McGill in the small shuls. They'd go to the big shul because brovah Madras melech, a lot of people together. It's a big kavod to Hashem. Beautiful. But a woman sits on the woman's side. That And some places, that's in the back. In some places, it's a balcony. And they have to hear it, not through a microphone. They have to hear the bal and, and and yet there's noise from the children. It's like to me, it's amazing. If anybody in the women's section, I mean, with the show that I daven in during the year, I try. I mean, I don't go there for you don't go there for for for, for Purim, But the show I daven in most of the time during the year, the women are upstairs. And they, they're hearing from openings downstairs, but they're not right there. And they, again, they can be spread out of, to the ends of the room. So it seems to me that it's a no-brainer if somebody had a chance to hear a balcare in the house, if the balkari knows how to properly lay in, and now I have to stress those words, because a good Bal Kairi is a good Bal Kairi, and he has a prop. If you were just in Shul and you heard Pasha Zohar, you could hear every letter. You could hear the beginnings and the ends of every word, like I'm talking now. And you don't get that all year. All year, you you're gonna list you're gonna lose the first letter sometimes, the vovs and the haze Sometimes you, until he me until you get to the to the main word, he sometimes swallows the beginning of a word or the end of a word or end of the sentence, and he doesn't he doesn't make a a staccato sound. I mean, when you hear you hear it you hear it you hear it the end of the word. You you don't miss a thing because he is working hard. Now, if the man who is laying in the in the house doesn't really have any qualifications for for laying, he's sort of roughing it. He's trying, he's trying to uh, wing it. I don't think that that's a good choice. I would I would would recommend to go to the shul, but again, I think women have a, a tremendous problem, and the shuls should really be adjusting themselves to the needs of the women to hear the mcgilla properly. In the shul that they go to. If not, if they didn't feel that they heard it properly, then they really are to go hear it someplace else. There's a lot of people in the neighborhood laying. There's a second landing sometimes uh, at night and in, in the day. Uh, so, a second landing, and I mean either or, you have the second landing at night and you go to the second landing during the day. But there's usually a case where you can get a better Kriya. Than some of these shuls that are a little more wild. Uh, again, I'm spoiled because I go to a place where we hear the entire Megillah without any clapping for Haman. They don't allow clapping for Haman, but there are very few shuls like that, uh, or uh, yeshivas and shuls. There's almost nobody who does that, but that is uh, that, that I, I consider I consider that optimal, and that's what I try to do: go to that place. Any in any event. Uh, Listening to the Megillah twice, at night in the day, is, is a little bit of a challenge. So, of course, we all go to the Megillah, but we hear it? Question. Okay. Next. Um, so, I would choose, I mean, I do. <laughs> Just told you, I do. I try to choose a place that will work for me the best. Now, if you happen to have an, a nusuch that you want to hear, if you want to hear elokaini, or you don't want to hear elokaini, or you want to hear a tough instead of a soft, you should really go to the shul where you hear the lingening the way way you normally listen to during the year. That's really the best arrangement. But I'm not discussing that halacha tonight. (laughs) So we got now to the other three mitzvahs. The other three mitzvahs have a special aspect which, which is important to note. When you make the, the Shechianu in the morning. Again, you're not making the Shechianu, but the Malkari is going to make the Shechianu. When he makes the Shechianu in the morning of, of Purim, that Shechianu goes on all the mitzvahs of the day. And there are the four mitzvahs of the day. That's the Kriya HaMagila again, and the Matonas Levionim, the Shalach Manas, and the Sa'udah. So actually, that Shechianu was is supposed to go on all those mitzvahs of the day, and you should have in mind at that time when you hear Shechianu that it goes on those mitzvahs. The mitzvah of Matanus Lavionim is another mitzvah, which is, I mean, I don't want to discourage anybody from giving tzedakah, but to get the mitzvah of Matanus Lavionim, I personally consider that to be on a level equal to or harder than Kriya Magilla. Because they get the mitzvah of Matanaslav, first of all you have to give to an Evion, which is a very hard thing to find. You have to be somebody who's not just the poor, but the poorest of the poor. So you have a definition issue for locating the person, qualifying him. I mean this is not an easy thing to do. So some people are doing it, they're they're actively involved in Sadak organizations and they've identified people, they're calling them Evionim. We can't <laughs> we can't uh, analyze this to the nth degree today and the pressures that are on people are such that, you know, in a minute a person can go under, and literally under, he could lose his house he could lose, he could uh, you know, have tremendous difficulties in a minute, so we don't if somebody's very, very uh poor right now we don't have to really analyze how bad off they are, because it's endless but if he owns a house and, it's, and he has he has a few hundred thousand dollars of equity in the house, it's kind of hard to call him an Evion even though he's driving an old car and doesn't uh, spend any money on himself. Um, he, maybe he should think about redoing his finances. I, I'm not telling him to do that, but in reality, it, you don't really quite, uh, you know, you don't you don't really uh, fit the bill of of a Avion if you own your own house that's, that has an equity of a few hundred thousand dollars after the mortgage, okay. So we have identified somebody who's a avion. and our organizations are giving this money. Basically, you probably will never see a avion yourself, or you won't know if he is a nevion or not. So an organization is giving out the money, okay, but. Is it matanis Matanas Matanis A is supposed to be given out on Purim. That's the ideal arrangement. B, you're supposed to give the money out after the uh, kriyas hatorah on the day of Purim, because the kriyas hatorah on the bay of Purim, the sheachiyana was supposed to go on that mitzvah. Presumably, you're giving the money out then. There's no mitzvah of matanis Levionim three days before. So what we do is the following, and this is a little tricky. We're supposed to designate the person who's taking the money as our shaliach to give out matonis laevyonim on the day of Purim to two poor people. Evionim, we need to give two. So we got to tell them this. You know, I'm designating you, feelings and fancy words, I'm making you my shaliach to, to, to give out on Now, that's, uh, that's one thing we have to do. The technical problems are still more, more here than that. We have a technical problem of whose money is it. The women and the children, technically, their money is controlled and basically belongs to the balabas to the, the the man of the house and uh, you know he can he can give them money and he can send them on an errand to, to uh, his children to an errand to pick up something for him and he can give them money to go and have fun and go to this place and go to this this thing and spend it on the a book for themselves or whatever he can do that but technically it's still all his unless he designates it to be theirs so whether the child is seven or eight, which you know, I don't know how much they even know about the mitzvah of matan or he's about twelve, he's still, he's you know, he's almost bar mitzvah, or he's uh, he's bar mitzvah already, or it's a girl and she's sixteen, seventeen years old, living in the house, uh, how does she get the mitzvah of How do they get the mitzvah matanis So the answer is the, only, the the husband, the father, should take money. And designate it to them. Say, this is yours. Give it to them. This is going to be yours. You can, you, you can use it for Martonislav Yonim. But it's not, not doing it. You're doing it. And then they, they give it. Now, if they have, if they ever see one of these representatives of the organizations, most times they don't see them at all. The men see them. So that really the, the father has to give for the child. But if the father gives for the child his own money, then he didn't, the child gets no mitzvah. If you want the child to get the mitzvah, And I'm talking about a 16-year-old girl, too. If you want the child to get the mitzvah, then the child has to give his money or her money. And if he's not there or she's not there, they're in the house, and you see the rov and the shul at Shacharis, and this kid is not there, or this person, the woman, the girl is not there. She's hearing the mcgill in somebody else's house, and you're not going to be able to see anybody. So what we do is we take money, and designate this ten dollars or twenty dollars or whatever it is is for my wife. This this ten twenty dollars whatever it is is for my son the Chaim. I don't have a Chaim, by the way. And 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 each one you go you'll designate, and then you could take that money yourself as a shliach, and give the money to the tzedakah, for uh, make the shliach to be uh, to give out the money on on Purim to to Aniyam. Okay, so you could do all that, but you got, but it has to be done. Otherwise, those people never got a mitzvah in their lives of, of Matanah lavyonim. It's a fact. I mean, check it out. That's, maybe it's a surprise, but that seems to be the halochim. Now, what, what, uh, so ideally, they could give it themselves if they have. A, they can get there to the, to the rabbi or whoever it is for the organization. Otherwise, you'll be their shliach. Really, you don't have to tell them about it. You could do it yourself. Maybe you can tell them about it at the Suda. Maybe you can tell them about it now. But you don't have to, you know, run home, give them the money, take the money back, onto the show, <laughs> you're shul. you have to after some Megillah. You, you take the money, give, say to the rabbi, you, can you be, can you be Zocha this for my wife? Can you be, Mazakim, my wife, whole, with this money? Can you, you can, and now he lifts it up and says, yes, now it's your wife's. Okay, now give it to me a second, I'm gonna give it back, now I give it to you. I don't bother the rabbi, I bother somebody else, and he, and the money is, becomes the person's, and then I give it to the rabbi. um if you, if you're fortunate enough to do it, you can do this thing two days before. I mean, tonight you can go ahead and give $20 to your wife and then, and say, and then put it aside with, your, with some money for you, and, and then, and, and you'll give on, on the day of Purim. And certainly, you don't have to wait till the last minute. You don't have to do it with, in the Zachim, la'adam, shalom, b'fanam. Okay. Um, now, th- all that, by the way, you could check it out. Th- that is the, that's the halacha, even though I would say a good percentage of our people don't know anything about that. But how does it work with shaloch manas? The same thing. I can't, my kids can't give shaloch manas even though they took the food from the house and they mapped the package themselves, it's not theirs it's mine. so I had to designate one two five twenty packages whatever I want to give it to my children they'll say these are yours give them to anybody you want but they're yours so now they own them same thing with the wife the wife slaved over this mitzvah she's been talking about it since Hanukkah what will be the theme, what should I put in, this costs too much, maybe I can get it in that store, they spent forever on this thing, but the, technically all of the parts of that shalach manas belong to the husband, even if she made it herself, it basically everything's her husband's, maybe if she made it herself it's a little more interesting, you know, a woman is kind of, okay fine, but we're going to go with this simple din over here, so what are we going to say is, again, let the husband give the wife Shalach Give it as many as she wants, and, and she'll give them out. Just But they should become hers. That's the main point. Now, I, I, I forgot to discuss something which is crucial, and I really don't know the answer to it myself. It, it changes every year. I heard all different variations. But you do really have to think about it. Matanas Lev cannot be a dollar. A dollar doesn't make it as Matanas Yonim. I'm sorry to, to, to uh, surprise many of us of people listening. Matanas Yonim has to be a minimum of a, a mini meal that the person could eat. So if you go to a store and you buy a deli sandwich, I don't know what the cheapest deli sandwich is. In our de- the old days it was bologna. Or salami, I don't know if they even have those very much anymore today. Uh, I don't think you can, uh, the people are into that so much. They have more fancier f- uh, foods that are, but whatever it is, even a, a plain kind of a thing that, that will qualify for a, for the minimum gift for the Matanis us let's, let's say a number. I like to say $10, although I think I have to up it to $12. And uh, per person, which means about twenty four, twenty five dollars for Matanis um, for one person to give, and then for the wife another twenty five dollars. That's that's what I think you're safe with. You want a lower number? We had I mean, Sim is not in the room now. He gave us the other numbers of the Sfarim have certain numbers. I don't. I, everybody if Rabbi can give you the numbers. Some people may think five, six bucks would be enough per person. Maybe maybe ten dollars, eight dollars, but it's definitely not a dollar. And you don't have to give a hundred dollars to each one of them. <laughs> you Don't want to take away the affluent status, that so so quickly. I mean, hopefully, they do get it over it, but we don't have to do it all by ourselves. So you, whatever that rub will tell you, some number you have to come up with. Okay. Now uh, we're going on to the uh, to the levyonim. Uh, I'm sorry to the mishloach Truthfully, mishloach Manas I could. I'm going to come back to later on, and there are. Endless numbers of halachas that are so interesting about about, about Shalach Manas. But I'm now going to take up the most important one of them all. And that is that it has to be something that can be eaten by the person who receives it. Which means... That if he has an allergy and he wouldn't ever touch this thing, or he, or it's not his hashkocha, he would never touch anything with that hashkocha. <laughs> I don't want to say if it comes from you and and he wouldn't touch it it anything from you. Hopefully, we're talking about people who are similar and that each one is, will eat from each other's foods. And if not, then you're better off buying <laughs> packaged foods. If you're afraid all your friends won't eat your food, then, you know, then better off buying packaged foods with some hashkocha that they all accept. But again, we're supposed to give to the person something that they would use, could use, will be happy with. And it has to be something of a certain hashivas. It can't be, you know, one raisin and one peanut. I mean, that's not even, even when you were a little kid, you couldn't get away with that. And as a shtick, you shouldn't do such a thing like that. The mazazel and the whole onion. So you have to give something that looks like something. And you know, it's it should be something that's appropriate for your status in life and for that person's status in life. If you're giving to the Rav of the Shul, everybody knows that you got to get something very special for the rabbi. Everybody knows that. But it's not It's not just to get something special for the rabbi. Each person that receives a Shalach Manas, it should be something that's appropriate for them. I don't mean got to get it special. It just means that it has to be hush of enough for that person and hush of enough for the fact that you gave it to them, meaning that if you are a person who has a normal amount of money today you know you not, not you're not having a difficulty in life then that 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 would reflect that doesn't in other words, to be too sticky and to get away with some little fake out foods that are really nothing exciting and and the person says. <laughs> You know, yes, they designed it. Yes, they put a they put a theme on it, and they and they, they use some colors and they do glitter. But it really was like for little kids in the high school. You know, or maybe I shouldn't even say high school. Little kids in elementary school. This isn't something you give out, even though you don't feel bad about it. Even though it doesn't, you know, it's not something that uh, hurts you. But there's a good question whether they fulfill the mitzvah. And likewise, if you're a Khoshva of a person, you're also supposed to get a Khoshva of a gift. I mean, you know, the, 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 the rabbonim is supposed to get Khoshva of a gifts. And it's they, because they're important. They're important to us and important people in the community. And, and they, they deserve to get special gifts. Same, so each person you have to sort of, uh, understand whether this is appropriate for you to give them. And don't go crazy over it, but this is definitely, uh, the extremes you have to, uh, you have, you have to avoid the extreme of being, very, very uh miserly or appearing that way. Uh, it mean, either detracts from who you are or who they are, and it doesn't rub people the right way. So you do have to be sensitive to that. It's a halacha. I'm not making this up. I, hopefully we'll get to it a little later. Now, the big question that comes up with the shalach is the hashgachos. Because, you know, you do have to be sensitive to the other person but you can't go crazy if you have some people on your list that you know are very 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 mock bit and they wouldn't trust you in a million years so don't give them your homemade stuff go take something in a package with a gore uh, or whatever you think that they need and then so you can give it to them like the badats from the yelah i mean most people that i know will say that that's good I say Rabbi Rubin from Ahovot. I say a few other names. You know, this is people that you feel strongly about them, that they're, that they're, they're they're doing a very good job. Again, we're not Nevi'im, but we're working with what we see. So you could designate that for those people and you can give the home baked cake to somebody else. But if you have a lot of people (laughs) that have a certain hakpadas, then you have to direct what you're doing to them. Which leads me to my old discussion, which we've had a few times over here recently, is the question of the oven. The milchaka oven, the fleshaka oven, the, you know, halfway fleshaks, halfway milchaks, you know, what's the deal there? So basically, in terms of halacha, you could give anybody what you consider to be acceptable. In other words, if your rav taught you the way mine did, you know, a certain, uh, certain ways that we, we can use the oven for milchiks and then for fleshek shortly afterwards without waiting a full day, the way my Rebbe taught it. So if you're doing that, I'm not going to go through all it all again, but if you're doing that, that's kosher. You don't have to be totally nervous. On the other hand, if you have people who are very, very, very strict, and we'll talk, i will say Hasidish because Hasidim have a, an, an, uh, an additional chumrah here about kashering, then technically to them, it's not appropriate to call this parva. So again, to put the word parva on would be unfair to some of these people. Uh Could I do it? Yeah, I could do it. But I want to have, be sensitive. I want them. I want them to discover later on that I that I use my my oven that uses for afleishikhs and milchiks, and they're gonna go, go go off very very nervous about it and feel bad and feel they you have know, to to two before it. So I obviously, I would like to reflect that, and and I would tell them this was done in a fleishik oven. I to me, it's really not a fleishik oven, but I'll put it on there. That's what we do. Try to do that if a milchik oven, a fleishik oven if you waited the 24 hours that remote Feinstein says to wait, and you don't kasher, because he doesn't require kashering, I don't think you have to worry too much, but again, if you have a lot of people, or anybody that you know, that has very, very big hot on this, and that they've very very, they you know they kasher the oven every time, and they don't ever leave anything uncovered in the oven, okay, if there are people that you that you have, then, then you should be concerned about them, but tell you about some, halachically, no, you know, well, luckily not too. Uh, but there's a sensitivity and, and that sensitivity is part of this mitzvah, and I think it's appropriate to, to apply that sensitivity within reason. And uh, again we can't consult everybody before we give the shallahs ask him, can you please fill out this questionnaire, and then I'll be able to give you the <laughs> You have to ask them, all these halachas, what is your psak on this? Or what did your rebbe say about that? <laughs> that would that would be, it would be impossible. We wouldn't be able to function. So that's not what we need to do. But if you know people have certain hakpatas, it's good to take it into into concern, uh, to concern yourself with it, even if you don't necessarily follow that way the rest of the year. And, that would go then for, for the average person in choice of the hashkocha as well. I know it's on sale. I know it's a great bargain. They have it in the store and that I could save a lot of money and uh, it looks good. It fills up the package. Can I use this hashkocha? Well, do you use it? Is it something you feel comfortable with? Is that the people that you're giving to will feel comfortable with? Don't put it in the bag if they're not going to eat it. Over the years, I've gotten from so many people so many things that I don't even come near, and and not because I'm involved in cashless, because it's because these are things that you know a lot of our people are not careful about certain of these things, and other people are more careful, and 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 you really do try to look for the high end when you're going on Purim, give stuff even if it's don't. Be worried that people are going to think you're frumach. No. Give what you think people will eat. If you think that they're not necessarily going to eat it, if they have a concern about it, be machmir. Take something that everybody be satisfied with. What are you supposed to do when you send them to school? They're having a thing in the school for the kids. A a birthday. Uh, it's his turn to give out nosh. You don't send to school what I eat and I don't care what you say. You send to the school what the school will be happy with. I'm on the other side. I get the calls from the yeshivas and the girls' schools, and they call me up and ask me, can I use this thing? Some kid brought it in. I don't think it's any good. So I said, what yeshiva are you with? Well, let me see what's the product exactly, and then and then we have to make a decision if they're going to let the kids have it. So here you have people who well-meaning and they spent a lot of money and sent stunts to school, and sometimes the, the teacher has to take it away. So that's ridiculous. Start off. Who cares about if 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 it's necessary? Maybe it's not necessary, but still, the people let let them eat. You want them to be able to be happy, so you have to give them things that they'll be happy with. You can't, you can't think about whether they're my sugar. So they're my sugar. They they don't uh, they don't need everything you do. But you're going now on Purim, and you are asking them to eat this. So what do you want them to throw it out? Or just to get, give it to the non uh, so, uh, uh, non Jewish lady who might help out the, in the in the house, you want to make them happy, so do it. It's a it's a it's something you have to work a little bit on. I'm going to mention now. I think I've mentioned it a lot of times, but it's 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 worth rehearing it because I have a little connection in it now anyway. Uh, I remember Rabbi Rabbi Blumenkranz, Olam uh, Shalom, had three different. He told us. That he had three different levels for poor. He had things that he gave out as shalomanas, and then he had things that he, uh, I'm sorry, uh, maybe I'm getting it mixed up a little bit. People gave him Shalachmanas. So he had three, ba- three baskets. He had one that he would give out as a, as a, uh, You know, to to to, to people uh, in return, you know, recycle it as they say, and he would put it in a basket and give give it to somebody else, or you know, give it out. People were in his house, but he would you know function that way as giving it out, and then he had a second one, which would which would be that he would give it away to somebody else. He wouldn't give it out as as his shalchmanas because he didn't want people to think that it was okay, because he really didn't hold from it, so that he didn't feel. He could give out, but he wouldn't throw it away because that's something that he, you know, it was good enough to, uh, to give it to another person, you know, who, who, who was happy with that. And then the third level is what they ate in the house. So he divided it up like that, something like that. So I, re- I recently, I remember Rabbi Heinemann I was, I was hearing about him also in a similar vein. And then I, I just came up with this little thing I want to point out. Rabbi Heinemann has either three or four different designations. Why? Because the Star K has a national platform and it's trying to satisfy the whole country or the whole world. So they, for example, do n- allow things that are not pass Israel. You don't have to, Star K does not necessarily mean pass Israel. You may have thought so, but that's not the, the fact. They have things that are not past Israel. The caterers of under the Star K must use Pas Yisrael, which means that the caterers are not allowed to use the Star K caterers cannot use all Star K products. They have to have an approved approval of uh, of the, the products that they use under the Star K. And then he has a level for um, for the shul. He has the, he has the Rav of a naguda and I was told that he has a separate level what he does in his own house so you see that you could live on a more high end and still deal with the world on a different level rabbi bloomkran's recycled these things and he and he did give things certain things away and certain things he got rid of but he, he some things he he did recycle and maybe he didn't eat it in his own house so there are there's nothing wrong in having different standards because we have to function in the world. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could always limit ourselves to one standard, but sometimes we have to be a little flexible. Like if you're going to visit somebody that's a relative, sometimes you have to have a flexibility where you don't even require yourself to use all the things you did in your house. But you want to raise your kids. You want to maintain a family which shows that we are trying to look for these particular hashgachas. But it, sometimes when push comes to shove, you have to decide you could eat something else or you want know, to make people feel bad and it's only a, a question of I don't normally choose those hashgachas. Again, it depends on the product, depends on the hashgacha. These are things you could discuss with your own rav. Now, are we going on now to a different question which uh or the Suda, I didn't finish the Suda. <laughs> I didn't finish the Suda. Okay. That that is really doing the Suda properly, who can how could you lose? You take some bread, you take some meat, you take some wine, you got a suda. What's what's the problem with the Suda? I always find the problem is that people eating too late. They come in Knocked out. They took, had to go to the. They had to go to this Rebbe's house and that Moris house, and they had to give out a lot of packages. And they had to travel a distance, and the the roads are clogged. And they and they had to catch Mincha here. Hopefully, they did, hopefully they're doing it properly, and, they, and this and that. And then they first coming in, and you could see the sun starting to set. You could see that is it Shkia yet? No, it's not Shkia yet. Good. I'll make a wash so they wash and they make hamotzi and they eat I don't know if they ate a kezayas but they ate did they get meat? no, there's a first course, it's not meat so they didn't have meat they didn't drink it necessarily yet they didn't necessarily have even a kezayas of bread and the sun went down okay, maybe you told Tzayzah I don't know but what are you doing for it, 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 there's got to be a better way so I have a better way but I'm not telling you to follow my way I'll just tell you what I do but I'm not telling you to follow my way what you should do is start the suitor 10 minutes earlier 20 minutes earlier half an hour earlier many people start the suitor very early and intentionally they start early but this never happens some people are always starting late what I do I try to do believe never, is that when I come home I, I try to take a few shalach to shul, and make sure that I give my matonis levionim and my shalach minimum. You only have to do one anyway, uh, but but I, I usually bring a few because I hand different people. You can't, can't miss anybody. And I hand them out in shul after the Kriya of megillah, not before the Kriya of megillah. And and I hand the shachianu, run over to the rabbi, give some money, give the shalach to a few friends. And I'm now ready for the Suda. I come home, and I uh, and I eat the Suda in the morning. Now, was the money given out? I don't know. I gave my Shalachim I on mean, my I'm love And Nowhere does it say that you can't eat You have to starve until that's given. I, I did my mitzvah uh, uh, the way I can do it. It's Of course, it has to be given out. I understand. But I'm not going to ever find out the moment that they handed in the money. In any event, that's when I have the souda, And at that point, lie down, I have a little bit more than I would drink normally and lie down. And uh, people banging on the door, they can't, they, I'm not there. <laughs> and then uh, whenever I get up, which is not too much later, uh, maybe it's a half an hour now, whatever it is. At that point, I go on with the day. And invariably, there's a second suda for me when everybody else is coming in. But I don't have to have that hassle of did I eat? Is it shkia? How much did I have? Did I did I say a sh- vashir? Uh, can you serve the meat now? I don't have this problem. So it's something you should think about if if you if you're running into those kind of issues at the end of the day. Especially if people travel from city to city. That's for sure is a, an issue. Um, let me go on now to the other topic that we we discuss pretty regularly, and that's the one about drinking. I wanted to read something to you. I brought a few different things here today. I mean, there's, there's a lot these days, but I, I think there's one individual in our neighborhood. I mean, we're here in Flatbush, Brooklyn Flatbush. There's one individual in our neighborhood who is known to be from the Charedim, one known to be a mock pit on every single issue, definitely Expresses the right wing approach. He doesn't uh, not mezazel in any mitzvah. He's, he's known to be a strong individual. Have have very uh, strong opinions on on many issues and has fought a lot of battles over the years. And I'm talking about Rabbi Eliezer Ginsburg. That's really Eliezer Ginsburg. We call him Laser Ginsburg. And he he has uh, an article in uh, the, this week's FJJ which you probably saw, but if you didn't, I'm going to read it to you. It's worth hearing it because he says it all very succinctly with his own inimitable way, which I'll never be able to copy. The safety of our children on Purim. How long are we going to rely on miracles? Drinking extensively on the day of Purim and leaving our homes in an inebriated state? Is putting ourselves and that of others in grave danger. Chazal have taught that a person who puts himself in danger and relies on nisim deducts from the zuchusim that he would have had in olam haba. In other words, if you put yourself into a into a dangerous situation, what you're doing is you're losing your zuchusim, your merits that could have been on your side in olam haba. They're being used up to keep you alive. The Rambam writes that only by the Su'udah's Purim is a person supposed to drink wine. Everyone would agree that leaving a home while intoxicated is a grave chilul Hashem. Is it a covet for Klai Yisrael that emergency rooms are filled on Purim with our young boys? Is Purim honored by Atsala ambulances racing back and forth to hospitals with drunk bochorim and adults? Who is to blame for this? The ones to blame are parents and hosts who provide these bochorim with the wine and liquor that only adds to the fire and danger lurking within these bochorim. Rav Avigda used to tell over the story of a window left open by a careless parent's where the child climbed up and tragically fell out the window. People at the shiva were saying that the child was a korban for Klai Yisrael, a fact which Rav Miller disputed and strongly said, no, it was a ritzicha. It was murder by the parents. Let's fulfill the mitzvahs of the day the way Chazal wanted us to, in the proper way and the proper spirit. Let's elevate Purim by setting aside time to learn Torah, for this is the ultimate protection of Klai Yisrael. And then there's a little note on the bottom, very important, very important. To address the drinking problem throughout the year, I and many other Rabbonim in, this, in the community are working together to enforce a shmirah on drinking at Shul Kedushim and other public events. We're hoping that caring and concerning balei batim will join this important effort as well. Tisku la So here's Kedarko Bekodesh, here's Rabbi Ginsburg, telling it like it is, putting the, the blame where it belongs and the people who could change things, and then saying, and we're trying to change it. <laughs> you know, there's the, 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 the big discussion today is that there was a terrible tragedy in a in a in a school with uh, with where, where, where children were murdered and the people are talking about it everywhere you go they're talking about it but what they're saying is don't tell talk about it do something don't just don't come with uh with uh with a concern and no, it's time to do it's time to talk. it's time to do something practical. I don't know if anything's going to practically come out of this one. It hasn't come out of the other ones, but maybe this is the time. Maybe enough people are fed up and maybe there will be some change. But what Rabbi, I'm, I'm telling no, you I'm here sure. is, just one second, what I'm telling you here is that Rabbi Ginsburg is not just shouting out, uh, and you know, letting, letting everybody hear his feelings. He says, we're doing. They're rabbanim and our neighbor are doing and they're working on it, and Hatsala works on it tremendously. And, and And are we helping the situation? I, I listen. I don't talk about the yeshivas. I'm not going to get in there. But are we, meaning the parents and the people who, ha- when the kids come to the house, do we offer them drinks? And and the parents, do we let them go around drinking? I think
1: J-Root Radio. Uh, since uh, we opened, we always against drink and uh, right. drinking, and we went with a, a campaign, not drinking at all in shul. Right. That's you know, it's in our shul, in our neighborhood. Also, many many shuls took it uh, this uh challenge
0: and not. Uh, we don't have any alcohol in in our shul. Very good. And the question is, uh, it seems to be that it it hasn't taken hold yet, and that's it's a it's a big problem. I want to tell you. I saw something today because I had to prepare for this program. So I saw something, and uh, I was a little bit surprised. There's a, a, a website from a from a newspaper, or I don't know if it's a newspaper. It's a news uh, website uh, in England. And I was searching for things. I had come across this, and they had the most amazing pictures of Purim. I want to get them. some of them online I'd love to get them into the magazine I'd use them for the covers they they were extraordinary pictures and I looked and I saw they were all real from stock photos you can can just get them yourself there's no problem in getting them it was really very very beautiful pictures and they have these they're showing pictures of Purim and the Bacharim dancing and the Bacharim you know visiting different houses and they have all these pictures these are real pictures of real kids and they have one picture when it all have the, a coast in their hand? They have a they have a glass in their hand. And the boys are 14 or 15. They're not 13, I don't think, and they're not 16 or 17. They look like 14, 15. That's the number I would guess. And you look at the expression on their faces. Ah! It ruins the whole mood. It ruins the whole mood. It, it does, it, 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 they're not enjoying it, it's not giving them any good. And you could see it in this picture that I have. I, I It was just, I said, unbelievable. All the other photos are great. And this one, you see that it's not working. I also saw in this forum that they said that there's no mitzvah of in drinking on Purim. When you want, if you're drinking... Yeah, fine. But this mitzvah of chinuch, you have to start out at, at six years old, eight years old in order to get him up to where he should be drunk by 13. Make sure that, that was the first, if he's born on, on Purim, that the first mitzvah is Micaim is, is drinking on Purim. It's ridiculous. I, I think there's too much emphasis and too much freedom for it. And we're gonna, we're gonna suffer. I, I, got, I there's two page, uh, ads in, in all the papers. I have the one here from the FJJ. It's put out by, uh, it has a rabbinum, all the rabbinum on the bottom, and maybe, I, I'm just guessing here too, for, uh, about 50, 70 different rabbinum signed. Uh, some of them are not living anymore, so it was done a few years ago, uh, but a lot of them, uh, are, are the, the rabbinum of our neighborhoods and Moshe including, uh, Melchiel Cutler etc. so it's not it's not only uh the the uh some certain little shuls in the corner remember uh, Moshe Wolfson people that you would think uh, maybe they weren't going to sign such a paper right but they did they did sign and uh, from very very fine yeshivas and and shuls let me read to you the four pieces over here cuz it's it's important and then we we can go on to some other things the mitzvah of chayav adam levesume papuria the mitzvah of becoming a little inebriated on Purim, is preferably fulfilled with wine, as stated in Kitzah Shulchan Aruch. I don't know why they put it from there. Unrestrained use of whiskey and other alcoholic beverages is entirely inappropriate and absolutely contrary to Das Chachamim. So when you're giving the kids a schnapps, it's entirely inappropriate and absolutely contrary to Das Chachamim. Signed by Rav... uh, uh, R- 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 Ramea uh, R- R- Stern by Rabbi R- Moshe Wolfson by uh, Rabbi Malkiel R- Cutler by Rav R- Aaron Schechter I'll read the words again use of whiskey and other alcoholic beverages is entirely inappropriate and absolutely contrary to das Chachamim well I've seen many people giving out the whiskey and they're giving out the kids on, on porn. Number two, Balabatim should not serve any alcoholic beverages, including wine, to groups of bacharim visiting their homes. The boys come in; they they want to dance, they want to get money for the yeshiva. They're doing their thing, and you're stopping wine into them. No, it's Purim. No, mach mach Who asked you to do that? It's it's a uh, It's probably an ezer. It says here. They should not serve any alcoholic beverages, even one. Number three, those who drive under the influence of alcohol endanger not only themselves, but also their passengers and other members of the public. Drivers must therefore not consume any alcoholic beverages, including wine, and I'll stress that word, any, Okay, and must take extra care to drive safely, Observing all applicable laws and safety procedures. And Number four, nobody should enter a car if there is reason to believe that the driver is under the influence of alcohol. And all appropriate steps should be taken to prevent such an individual from driving. We understand what that means. You take the keys away, you do whatever you have to do to get him away from a car because he's a succumb to himself and to the rest of the world. And that's all the rabbanim signing on this, so and we know that we've we've lost people over the years. Oh, it was a case. Of, no, 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 no. Don't make excuses. We lost people over the years. This is real, and and the big rabbinim signed on it. And it says among the others, use of whiskey and other alcoholic beverages is entirely inappropriate and absolutely contrary to das rachamim. That says it all, and giving him. You, it, 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 I, I'm not I don't want to take away the people's fun I don't want to I'm not raising anything that uh, is make 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 it not to be Purim but we want people to be around next year too so that gives you a little bit of an idea of that one we have only a few minutes left I'm going to go on to uh, uh, well let me mention one little shuttle that Hasidic shuttle I forgot who it was who said it he said that the the adlo yada. Ad, you have a caller. Adlo is as rashi yud dalid Ayan So in other words, adlo but you still have to know how to do adlo you, you can't just be adlo and your hefker. You, you have to be yodeya how to do adlo yada. Okay, we got a caller. Okay, go ahead, please.
1: Good evening. Thank you for bringing up this very, very, very important topic. I believe that anybody that is giving a minor alcohol, first of all, there are legal ramifications for that. Forget about halachically. Right. Because if this child ends up dying because the kid could could develop alcohol poisoning, you will never, ever be able to live that down. And if those of you feel that you want to get shikar, take yourself and 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 pop yourself into beds for a couple of hours.
0: All right. We hear you. We, we're all in agreement on this. to
1: if you want to make people b'simcha, go to a hospital, go to a nursing home, and go make people b'simcha there. Because a lot of these people that are in the hospitals and nursing homes over Yontif, they don't have a lot of people visiting them.
0: That's a very good so idea. That's a very good idea. So that's that's simchas yom, young-
1: and, and I believe these groups should be going out to the hospitals and the nursing homes. Uh,
0: that's a a very very interesting idea, and I think it's something that should be sent to the to some of the yeshivas and 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 ask them if listen, they would do that.
1: I gave my children the choice a couple of years ago. Do you want to go and stay home for Purim, or do you want to go to a nursing home or to a hospital? They chose to go to a nursing home and one of the last patients that we ended up seeing ended up breaking down crying and she said there was nobody that came to visit me a whole yantif, you really made my yantif. Nice, and nice. we don't we did not bring monis because it is not advisable to bring monis to a nursing home because you don't know what their dietary concerns are and you know, khulila you could be doing more harm than good because some of them might be diabetic, some of them might have other ailments. And you might not know about that. And if you're bringing them shalak munas, they might want to eat it, and they might be tempted by it, and they will not be able to eat it. No. So just a pleasant visit would be nice, if those of you that could feel it in your heart, to do an extra kind mitzvah over Purim.
0: An excellent idea. Excellent idea. Uh, There's usually somebody who goes running around uh, laning in different places, but the idea of just visiting... And, and spending some of this, uh, the Purim time doing that, especially these people all dressed up and they, they want to be Mesameach. It's an excellent idea. I, I'm going to believe that or do something about it next year in one of my issues close to Purim. Uh, if you want to write the story, you want to write it up, I'd love to have you send it in. My address is kashrus at com, or you can call us at 718-336-8544. I'll give you a, a mailing address as well, and then you can, you, we'd love to have uh, an article like that. I would definitely print it next year. Of course, Listen, like,
1: miz-o, miz-o, like they say in Yiddish, del- is next year.
0: Amen, we should amen. Look-
1: we should live till next year. The Ezzas Hashem Yisbarach and the Rabbani Shulaylam should all give us Kayach. And everybody, please, I'm, I'm imploring you, please make the right decisions.
0: Wow. I think you're, 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 on, you're on target. I'm in the
1: medical field and I've seen too much. Mm. And it is not very, very glorious to see the after effect of the shikurim. And that's all I could tell you without getting into confidentiality. And let me tell you, there was a lot of heartbreak after yuntis and during yuntis as well. And there were, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say this, there were plenty of leviars because of alcohol poisoning. And the island should know about this. Because this is unfortunately swept under the carpet.
0: Okay, thank you very much. And, and we're definitely going to... Uh... To to, to uh, present your ideas to to my readers, I'm, and I'm going on the show. Maybe we'll do something next year about that. It's an excellent idea, and I think that uh it doesn't take too much because you don't really, ha- if, of course, you have to get physically to one place. But if, if you're not too far away, but there's probably a lot of opportunities that people do have in in, in close proximity to one of those places where elderly people or sick people are, and and uh, it's a wonderful idea. Thank you very much. I know there's an organization, there are organizations that do visit hospitals. There's a, a gentleman's name, uh, I forgot his name, but there's an organization called Giggle, G-I-G-G-L, and he visits a lot of these places, and uh, I think he basically deals with cancer patients, but he does, it's a, a visiting, and there's a, there, there are some wonderful organizations that do it, but I think the idea that this woman said that why don't, what kind of a, it would be a beautiful china HaBonim in bonos if we would as a family go on Purim. You could do it once in your life, you know, uh, to go to, uh, to visit somebody in a, in a situation like that, in a hospital or in a nursing home and just come there to Misamert and let them see the costumes, let them just see the simchas yomtov. And, uh, maybe there's a way of finding something you can bring them. You can bring the bring things that the hospital or the nursing home says are safe to bring to some of the patients, and or, it's just a wonderful idea. And I think we're going to take it up next year. So I'm I'm wishing everybody uh, does utilize their their Purim in a proper way. Well, before we before we wrap up, I just want to tell you that we finished Kasher's magazine's Pesach issue because that's has to be done before Purim, and it'll be coming back in a few days from the printer. If anybody's interested in getting a copy of the Kashrus magazine for Pesach, you can call us at 718-336-8544, or you can email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com we're not in all the stores we're not in all this the farm stores we're in a select number of them and if you ever need to get a copy of a magazine you can get it from our office or you can get it from uh you can call us and we'll tell you which stores ha- currently have uh, uh you know a current copy uh if it's an older copy you'll need, you'll need to get it from our office i want to tell you also that uh we are going to have a uh, we're going to have, a, a, in the next four weeks, we're going to have Pesach ar- uh, shows. Ge- gearing up to Pesach and hope to have Rabbi Rabinowitz back with us again from the OU. But we have other things planned for the next four weeks. And I, and the right before Pesach, it's within the last couple of days, I send out a, uh, a, a, a special uh, al- alerts that the last-minute things that I found out. So anybody wants to get that, all you have to do is say, you know, uh, send an email to me, because we're only going to do this in an email. You could send it to kashrus, k-a-s-h-r-u-s, at aol.com, and just say, last-minute alerts, and we'll send you that. There's no charge, and, uh, we, you know, it, it's it's it's, a, it's something that we do every year, to be able to get things under the wire to our people, because things absolutely change up until the last minute. You cannot believe what goes on in the conscious field. Every day, new things are happening. People ask me, what's going, what's happening? I said, what 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 minute do you want to know from? (laughs) What day, what minute? What do you want to know? It's really amazing how things are changing in the conscious field. And that's why... We're doing Cautious Magazine for the last 38 years. And I, um, I'm happy to be on the show here with the Cautious on the Air for the last six years. So if you follow us, um, we don't do Twitter. <laughs> the follow us means the Cautious Magazine, Cautious Monthly, or Cautious on the Air. And until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Cautious Magazine for Cautious on the Air.